Dreaming about teaming up with a superhero? Heartbroken about the latest comic death? Do you find your conversations always turning to Marvel? Then welcome Marvelites to your therapy session. Join your hosts as we explore the realms of the Marvel Universe, taking you into new insights, movie reviews, and debates. Here, we won't try to cure any obsessions, but fuel them because the world is better nerdy. Welcome to your Marvel Therapy Group. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Marvel Therapy Group. Uh, wow, are you trying to bore our listeners to death? I mean, I, I wasn't trying to. Peppy. Hello, <laughs> listeners! <laughs> uh, once again, we're your hosts. I'm Jack. I'm Joe. Hayley and, still couldn't be with us. But yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, she's here in spirit. <laughs> Definitely. She's here with her astral projection. I was just going to say that. She's uh, on the astral plane <laughs> with us. She is here. <laughs> Emma Frost is, like, you know... Pitching her in through the astral plane, fighting off the, um, fighting off the Shadow King at the same time. Making deals with Dormammu. <laughs> yeah, she's here in spirit on the astral plane. She's doing a lot in the astral plane. <laughs> she's multitasking. Yeah. So on um, this week, we're going to dive into the Marvel Netflix corner of the MCU, and we're going to be ranking what we think is the best season of Marvel Netflix. Yes! We're going to go through all of those. This is definitely going to be a debate-filled episode. Yeah, I think our opinions... Well, they're kind of... They're about, they're about 50-50, I think. We, we yeah. agree on some things, disagree strongly on others. Yeah. As you'll, as you'll, as you'll hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I gotta start, I gotta give an honorable mention to The Punisher because I haven't watched it, so oh, I couldn't rank it. I even forgot to rank that, yeah, <laughs> I forgot that was a show, what kind of Marvel fan am I? I've watched four episodes of The Punisher, I think. I've heard it's good, it's just, it's not the kind of show I'm, in, I'm into. That's uh, nothing against think, people who like it. You would think for The Punisher there'd be a lot of action, a lot of just, like, violence, but there was an entire episode where after he kidnapped some guy, it was just dialogue, and it was so hard for me to get through, personally. But it's still on my list, and I, I will watch it eventually. I've heard it's like a show that kind of do- that starts slow, and basically like they stab, like basically like they throw all their money at like the last couple episodes. Right. But yeah, so we'll give it an honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, we'll start off with that. <laughs> So, Daredevil Season 3 just came out, so we figured this would be, or a few weeks ago it came out, so we figured this would be a perfect time to do a Netflix Marvel episode. Yeah. Right, so, uh, I got my list all set. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I do. Alright, so let's get to it. Uh, so for my list, starting at the very bottom, we have Iron Fist Season 1. Oh, yeah, let's go from bottom to least top. favorite yeah, yeah. to most favorite. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Iron Fist Season 1. The very bottom. Mm, why? Uh, it, there's so many things that went so wrong with Iron Fist season one. Wow. Okay. It was. It was. So, it's like, for stars, it felt like just nobody cared about this show. Nobody behind the camera. None of the writers. Netflix have felt like they gave this show like ten dollars for like the whole season. It looked so. Okay, cheap. that's fair. Netflix definitely didn't care about it. And it was like just. I, I feel bad saying this, because I know Finn Jones is a nice guy, but he really... It was just such a miscast, casting him as Danny Rand. He wasn't a tough guy. He didn't have the presence for the character. And, I mean, there's nothing against Finn Jones. I definitely feel like there is a place for him in the MCU. It just wasn't that particular role. 
and to be fair, it wasn't a role that I think even, like, the greatest actor in the world could have made likable. Danny Rand was so unlikable. He was so, like, he was so whiny. He was so, like, just, uh, he felt like he deserved everything. And he was so naive. He, like, trusted every, I feel like he befriended, like, five people who ultimately betrayed him and just did it again time after time. Well, I think that's what made the show so interesting is that he is basically new to this world. Like, he lived in the world until he was, like, in Earth until he was, like, nine. I don't know. He was a kid. Grows up in Kun Lun where everything's perfect. Oh, yeah. I'm the immortal Iron Fist, protector of Kun Lun. Yeah, he grows up drinking Kun game Lun. of how many times he says that. Where everything is perfect, and then comes back, and he's a billionaire. Okay. He has everything. Everyone... There, they never showed anything that made Kun Lun look perfect. Like, the little bits we got of Kun Lun was, like, the monks beating him up as a kid. It's, <laughs> it didn't seem like it was a place worth defending. Especially when uh, you go into Davos' backstory, and you meet his mom in the second season. Yeah, then there was wow. the frickin' dragon, where they didn't have the budget to actually show the dragon, so they did these, like, two glowing eyes, and they are like, ooh, look at that. But at the same time, it was a it was a grounded show. I will not say that's necessarily a good like, thing. I, can, I get but it. But if you put a dragon in there, that would have just made the show, like, that wouldn't have worked for the way they were trying to make the show See, go. That was the show you really had to put, like, all your money to. Like, you had been building up to sort of, like... You know, Daredevil, very grounded. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage introduce superpowers. Iron Fist is the one you should have gone all out in sort of portraying these superpowers, and they didn't. Well, part of it is I don't think Iron Fist was the most well-known character, so they were just kind of feeling the waters and seeing, okay, how strange can we make these Netflix shows? Yeah, but nobody knew Jessica Jones. They went all in on Jessica Jones, and people loved it. Really? I think Iron people Fist had more main recognition than Jessica Jones. At least Jessica Jones, what was the second show that came out? It was very much associated with Marvel Netflix after Daredevil, so you're like, oh, this will be good. Iron Fist, they, it was a testing show, basically. They had all the momentum going in with Iron Fist, though. Like, they had built hype, 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 Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and they just completely dropped the ball in Iron Fist, and it feels like they have been doing, like, damage control from Iron Fist ever since. So it's at, it's at the very bottom of my list. Did you like the characters at all? Colleen Wing, if there's one character who could have, like, did her best to redeem the show and almost could have in, like, parts, it was Colleen Wing. Just you could see her, like, single-handedly holding this whole show and Danny Rand's useless ass on her shoulders (laughs) and just guiding it to the finish line. I loved the characters. They all had their own problems, but yet they were all so intertwined. And so they all had their own stories... It was very engaging to watch how the characters dealt with their own issues while at the same try at the same time trying to like come to terms with Danny Rand suddenly being back and being being annoying. Shout out to my boy Ward Meacham, I'll say that. I I very much enjoyed Iron Fist. <laughs> All right, so what's your what's your first episode for or... Oh, my least favorite. Yes, your least favorite. Thank oh, you'll you. love this one. Jessica Jones season 2. Don't agree. For the reasons I was just saying, that, except in reverse, that these characters all had their own problems, but they did not intertwine. There was no villain to the second season. The characters had their own plots. There wasn't, like, a singular plot for the season. There were some episodes, multiple episodes in a row, where the characters didn't even overlap, and it's like, why do I care about these characters? Why do I care what's happening with them right now? See, I will agree that Jessica Jones season two started off... Slow. Should I talk about it now, or should I wait till when I no, get to Jessica Jones? Start it now. All right. Uh, yeah. Like I'll admit, it started slowly, but I think around the fifth 
But around the fifth or sixth episode, it reached this turning point, and I think it just went up ever since. And, and like, I feel like the back half of the season was really strong. I think they had a twist that, for me, it worked. Are we going spoilers? Sure. It's been out for a while. I actually really liked the stuff with her mom. I thought that was a really personal story for Jessica. And I'll say, the season had... Like I said, I thought the back half was really strong, and it had two episodes that I think were like some of the best in the Marvel Netflix universe. There's the one where it's like a flashback to um, Jessica Jones and like uh, when sort of when early twenties. The, uh, the backstory. Like the backstory episode, one with her flashback. and her boyfriend, and when their mom first escapes, mm-hmm. and then the one when Kilgrave comes back. Those two were amazing episodes. Wow, I didn't like the the flashback episode. I just feel really? like if you can't tell the... St- if you have to take an entire episode in order to go backwards to tell the story going forwards, that's just poor writing. You should be able to kind of put it in so it makes sense and flows nicely instead of halting your story, going backwards, and then continuing from the original point. But when you go back to the main story, you just have, like, all this context now, and it's, like, so much more, like, now you're so much more invested. Not really. You're just like, wow, this was an awkward gap in the plot line, and now I have to remember what's happening. I also think that the first half of the season started well. I didn't think it had any pacing issues or anything. It started well, and then like there's a death in the first few episodes, which was shocking. And after that, it gets really boring. <laughs> it's repetitive because it's just Jessica trying to save her mom, and Trish, who for some reason is now a drug addict, and... I feel like there was no real build-up to that, except she's just like, oh, I'm going to take this pill now, and oh, now I'm addicted. Um, what I kept saying when the show first came out was, like, what I would have done for the first half of the season, is, or, like, the first three or four episodes, is I would have had, um... Oh, God, I'm drawing a blind. Typhoid Mary be, like, a villain that Jessica fights, like, the first few episodes, puts away in, like, episode four or five. And that's when, like, the main story with her mom starts out. That's how I... That's what I think would have made that season really, really good for... Because, yeah, I think the first... I'll admit the first few episodes weren't great. No, I liked the first few episodes. It's the rest of the season that, that just went well, We're never going to agree on this, then. <laughs> but that's another thing, is that there were rumors that Typhoid or... Typhoid Mary was going to be the villain for this season. And so, like, there's this mysterious woman that you don't know who it is for a while. And I'm like, oh, it's... This is Mary, because she's, like, insane. I mean, admittedly, they never said, like this could they were never even like hinting this could be typhoid mary they just saw the actress had red hair and everybody jumped to conclusions yeah but still it was, it was a rumor and then we find out that it's not her and it's like never explained that's not her it's just suddenly her mother i don't even remember the name was the mother even given a name probably <laughs> probably but it's not memorable because just that season wasn't good jessica jones senior <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just did not like how the characters had nothing in common with each other this season. Like, you can get away with it in shows like Friends, where you can have the characters not meet in an episode because they're all doing their own things, but it flows because it's it's a, it's a sitcom and they're all main characters. But it, the way I see it is Jessica Jones is the main character, maybe Jerry, because... She's a oh, I character. forgot about Jerry. Jerry had such a good story in that season. I loved all the stuff with Jerry. Jerry did have a good story, but it wasn't connected to much. Like, she was trying to help out that woman in witness protection, which um, I don't feel ever was in danger anyway. And then Jerry just does her own thing, and she's like, oh, I need to take this woman down now. She, that's, that, that season humanized Jerry so much for me. 
Like, I felt, like, I, I really felt for her, because it's like she's, this powerful woman is being brought down by this disease, who's just trying to do anything she can to, like, stop it. Yeah, and then she, but there's a thing, she gets robbed, and she goes on this whole storyline where she has to take down and get, get her revenge, which has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the season. Yeah, but it's entertaining. It was, but it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, especially because you bring in that woman as a plot device. The, um, the woman in witness protection. You bring her as, an, as a, you bring her in as a plot device, and then forget about her, and then arrest her later. <laughs> Have Jerry set her up for murder. It did not work. So you're for sticking me. with that as your lowest uh, season. Yeah. All right. So back to me. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna point out that there is now a space between Iron Fist season one and the rest of my list, which then goes to Luke Cage season two. Oh, wow, that's your one of your least favorites? Yeah, that's my wow. The second least favorite. That's, okay. I. You didn't see, even finish that season. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. So, <laughs> the reason I put Luke Cage season two a little higher is that at least you can, like, tell that people were trying. There was, like, a passion for this show. Like, everybody behind the camera, like, they legit were, like, cared about this show. And then you had uh, Mike Coulter and the, the woman who plays Misty Knight actually giving, like, Simone really good performances. Messick. Like, I actually like both those characters. I think Mike Coulter does a really good job as Luke. I think he has a really good presence, and I just love Misty Knight. I think she's one of the best characters in, like, the Marvel Netflix universe, and I liked her whole story, at least at the beginning, of trying to sort of, like, realize she still had, like, sort of learn how to, like, still be, like, a really good cop, even though she, like, lost her arm and sort of getting over that, and then she gets her cool metal arm. Her cool robotic arm from the comics. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to Jessica Jones season two real quick. The one goodish thing about it is that it did have a lot of strong social commentary, and it talked a lot about people dealing with disease, people dealing with addiction, people dealing with family issues, and in that way, it was good. And I'm I'm glad that a lot of people liked it and could relate to that. I'm glad that like that those issues got representation, but I didn't think it worked. It was, like, the theme of, like, coping with, like, trauma. I just... Like if season one was, like, facing your trauma, season two is, like, you know, dealing with... is like, um, dealing with the aftermath of facing your trauma. Yeah, and I get how it's supposed to look like that. I, it just... To me, it didn't come off that way. But anyway, Luke Cage season two, um, I think it's rated pretty high on my list. I loved season two. And for this one, I'll admit that the first few episodes were kind of slow, but... It was still engaging, because you could, like, this right away, you could see where it was going, um, with Mariah immediately, like, immediately turning from the first season, and being like, no, I'm getting out, I'm not gonna be a, a gangster, a criminal anymore, she's trying, she's trying to sell her gun business to the, to the, the organization that will cause the least amount of chaos and crime on her streets, and she's trying to turn more to a political stance to help Harlem, uh, just a complete flip from the first season. See, I disagree. I feel like from episode one, it felt like this season was going nowhere. Like, every Netflix show has some problems with pacing. This show felt like it was just filler from minute one. Like, it felt like it had literally, like, no point in existing. It felt like, again, kind of like the same with Iron Fist season one. Like, Netflix just didn't care. It didn't give this show, like, any money. No, this show had a 
You, I thought you could tell the show had a big budget. Like, there's explosions. A lot of explosions in this show. And it's just... It, for me, it was just so boring. Because it was like... It'd be like episodes of 50 minutes of talking with like a five-minute fight scene that looked really cheap. But if you listen to the talking, it's actually engaging. And I wasn't... This is coming from a person who didn't like the first season because I thought it was... Like, I thought the first season was boring. The, the only reason I put it up high is that, like like I said, like you can tell people at least like kind of cared about this show... So it was like, if I was giving out awards, this would get, like, the participation award. This would be, like, the at least you tried award. Oh, no. Season two was great. All right. For so me, it goes Luke Cage season one. After I just defended season two so hard. Season one, I was not a... I mean, not to say I'm not a fan of it, but for that one, I thought it was a lot of dialogue, and I didn't really know where it was going... It's also been a few years since I've seen it. I only watched the season once. Yeah, I only watched it once too, but I liked it. Um, I think I was still riding high on that ne- on that Marvel Netflix train, and so I was willing to overlook some of its problems. Um, like I said before, I thought I I loved Mike Coulter and Jessica Jones. I thought he was like one of the best parts of that first season. Mm. So I was really oh I was already on his side when they got his show, and so I just you know kept liking him in that situation. And then I liked the introduction of Misty Knight. Uh, I liked Cottonmouth a lot, and yeah, I thought, like, the show had a cool vibe for, like, the first, like, half of the season. I really liked that episode where they go to Seagate, and you sort of see Luke's backstory, I think. I'm kind of in agreement with a lot of people that it kind of fell off the rails in the second half when they killed off Cottonmouth and introduced Diamondback. Yeah. I did like how it kind of continued from Jessica Jones with, uh, his ex-wife's plotline. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was done really well. And I mean, I liked um, I liked Mariah Dillard a lot in the first season. Yeah, like I was I was oh, I was okay I, with Killing Con. I didn't like it, but I think I was better about it than a lot of people were because I liked Mariah Dillard a lot, and I kind of liked the idea that oh, they're gonna kill off the guy you think is the main villain, so that they can sort of shift over to her. Yeah, but they kind of didn't. They just brought in Diamondback, and he was felt very out of place in that show that was so grounded. Then he comes in, and he has like a super suit. That, like, gives them strength to fight Luke Cage or something. It was dumb. <laughs> All right, what's next for you? Uh, next for me is Iron Fist Season 2. Really? I thought you liked that one. I... I liked it in the sense that I didn't hate it. I watched it and I didn't hate it. I was like, all right, you guys obviously tried to make some improvements to this show and you made it watchable, so congratulations. Well, again, for me, season two, I was I love the characters. I think the characters have done so well. They have great storylines and great character development. And that was just only enhanced in the second season. They made Finn Jones' um, Danny Rand likable, so I'll give him that. Well, not likable, but like tolerable, I think is the better word. I watched him and I didn't hate him. I kind of liked the thing that he was like a, a friendly neighborhood Iron Fist. He's kind of trying to fill this void left by Matt Murdock. Uh, yes, but once that was the lot. Uh, they brought in once again though it really was um, Colleen Wing who carried the series I liked how they brought in Misty Knight though and it was kind of like that the was... two of them teaming up for most of the season yeah that was really good too that they brought in other characters from other shows to and make it more intertwined so it's the same universe and it was smart that they brought in Misty Knight for like a full season basically like it wasn't just like a one and done appearance right it really worked for the show um, what else did I like about season two? Oh, uh, they finally brought in Typhoid Mary, which I mm-hmm. thought they were going to do an Iron Fist, or Jessica Jones season two, and right. Typhoid Mary really worked for me. I thought yeah, one of she the was best one of, villains. Yeah, one of the best villains, honestly. Who's not even really a villain. She's just a hired... Like an, yeah. Um, 
Hitman. <laughs> not to say it's not a villain. She but... was real creepy. Like that first episode where it's like she has all those post-it notes and it's like the water running and there's all these things about her and you know there's something off. Yeah. And plus it was only ten episodes. Although... I think that really helped. You know, it the, kinda, it, there one thing I caught... a pacing problem. Yeah, the one thing I caught from that... From, uh, like, Mary's perspective... She doesn't... When she switches alters, she doesn't remember anything. But that one time where it's Mary, and she gets a glass of water from Iron Fist's apartment, and uh, she goes... She, like, feels, I don't know, Walker coming out, so she goes into the bathroom, turns into Walker, and she walks out and says, Thanks for the water. Walker remembers everything, doesn't she? No, I don't think so. I thought she did. No, because the whole thing about um, she wakes up after being rescued from being a prisoner of war... And not even knowing how she got out. I don't think she remember. They don't remember anything. Oh, that was cool, too. Wasn't she a prisoner of war in um, the, the, the country from Avengers 2? Sokovia? Yes, that, I believe wasn't, so. Wasn't that where she was? That was cool. Yeah, that I think we've cool talked about that in, the, in a yeah. previous episode. But, yeah, that was a cool tie-in. And, yeah, like I said, ten episodes. I thought that was a good length for the show. And the highest praise I can give it is that the way it ended... So, from season one, I had been... When I was watching season one in school, and I would just get, like, really annoyed about it, I'd be, like, talking to friends who were watching it, and I would be like, you know what I wish they would do? I wish they would just give the Iron Fist to Colleen Wing, because she's the character I actually like, but they're never going to do it. They're just going to stick with Danny Rand forever. And then they did do it. They ended it with, like, her getting the fist, and actually, for those last two episodes, I was really pumped... Like, there was that episode where it's like, you weren't sure if she was actually going to be able to keep the Iron Fist, and I was like, don't you do this to me, Netflix, don't you, she is the Iron, you give me her Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the highest praise I can give it is that the way it ended, I actually wanted a season three. Yeah, yeah. So I think <laughs> in that point, in that way, it kind of achieved its goal. But like I've always said, I, I don't doubt the characters will come back. Like, I'm sure they will in some way. Well, my thing is, I was sure they were going to come back in Luke Cage, but then Luke Cage got canceled, too, so... Yeah. But that could just make it available to merge the shows for Heroes for Hire or Power Man and Iron Fist. Or it'll just be a big old reunion on Jessica Jones Season 3. Yeah, honestly, anything. Defenders minus Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Speaking of, my next show is Daredevil Season 1. And really? I have to say that's not. It's mostly because it's been so long since I've seen the season. I don't remember too much about it. It's still a really good se- season. Are we getting to the point where like all these seasons are good in your opinion yes. now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is just how I have to rank them. Um, so yeah, no, nothing bad about Daredevil season one. It's just been so long since I've seen it. Um, admittedly, it took me a few tries to start watching the show because it was difficult for me to realize that it's a show about. Matt Murdock, not Daredevil, and that, like, the whole season was an origin story. So that was difficult to me, for me to get into, but... I was all in on Daredevil right away, mainly because Daredevil's my favorite character. I don't... I've probably said this before, but he was kind of the character that finally was the one that got me really into reading Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really... It, it was really Daredevil was, like, the first character I really latched onto for whatever reason. Yeah, see, so, after, yeah. after the X-Men, Daredevil's my second favorite character slash team because X-Men's not a character but um so yeah I was excited for it it just I was hard for me to get into it right away yeah I was I was all in on that show right away I thought Charlie Cox was and continues to be like the best actor in the Marvel Netflix universe and like his I loved all the characters I loved Karen I loved Foggy and then like nobody I think like 
Iron Fist or Daredevil season one raised the bar not just for superhero shows but just for TV shows in general. I think like this was a show that said no superhero shows can be like just as good as anything else you see on TV. Yeah, and I think it really raised the bar for everybody after that show came out, including like the movies. Honestly, like when Daredevil season one came out and they had Wilson Fisk and everybody was saying he's the best Marvel villain ever. Oh, he was. I think the movies had to be like, oh well we actually need to get good villains. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I remember with the first season, is that, like, I just was stunned at the way they portrayed Kingpin. Yeah. You had never seen that before. Like, he was just as important a character as Matt. Yeah. He was yeah. almost a hero in some situations. Yeah, like Mariah Stokes. Who's next for you? Uh, following that is Defenders. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, totally... Do like... Is this also the point where you're like, everything is good... Just have to rank it. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, I like Defenders a lot more than most people do. I think most people kind of ultimately were disappointed with Defenders. No, and and I can totally understand why. Like, the plot was a little bit weak, but... It kind of went off the rails in, like, the back half of the season. Right, but I love it for the hype factor alone. It definitely, like... I think, like, bringing all the characters together was really good. I mean, they kind of redeemed Iron Fist a little bit. I mean, they still basically did the thing where they had uh, Iron Fist get captured, and then they just had Jessica, Luke, and Matt go off and do their own thing, and that was honestly, like, the best decision. Well, it wasn't... He didn't get captured. He got captured by those three. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they beat him up. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Jessica Jones threw a van at Elektra. <laughs> oh, that was sick. Yeah. That was great. So, when we watched Defenders, we watched the day it came out and binged all eight episodes. Yeah. Went to Subway in between. <laughs> that was our only break. Um, we watched it straight through. And it was so exciting. Again, for the hype factor alone, because, like, all these characters are suddenly meeting each other. It was like, it's the Avengers for Marvel Netflix. And I love that they didn't forget about the supporting cast. Like, basically, mm-hmm. all the supporting cast had, like, a moment to shine, too. Like, I remember I said to you, like, I didn't realize I wanted a scene between Trish and Karen until they gave it Honestly, to me. yeah. And I was like, oh, I really liked that. Just, like, I was like, I never knew I wanted to see Jessica Jones interact with, fight with Elektra. Especially in her own apartment. Yeah. It was fantastic. All the characters <laughs> had really good chem. Well, yeah, they all had good chemistry. I'll say Iron Fist was better once they paired him with all the other characters. I mean, Matt and Danny, Matt, or not Matt and Danny, Matt and Jessica especially were really good together. Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, Charlie Cox was acting circles around everybody else. They, have their, they with, had their classic hallway fight scene. Maybe Kristen Ritter kind of keeping up. She really, she made the show because she was kind of grounding it. Not to say that grounding is always good, but she was a grounding force for the show, where she was just, like, so pessimistic about everything, and she's like, what? A group of ancient ninjas? No. <laughs> I feel like she had a line, at least one line in every episode that I liked. Yeah. So, next up from Daredevil Season 1 for me is Iron Fist Season 1. And we've talked about Iron Fist. We have. I think so. It was good. I liked all the characters. I liked how all the characters' stories overlapped and actually had to do with one another. Yeah. I just, I find that so hard to believe. I just, I remember you told me that and I was just in shock for like a solid minute. <laughs> that you, I like you, Iron were the, Fist. you were the first person who had unironically told me that he liked Iron Fist. I do. I, I like Iron Fist. <laughs> I think it's a really good show. Well, I think that's ironic because uh, I think at the same spot for me as you have Iron Fist season one, I have Jessica Jones season two. Mm. So kind of our least favorites are sort of like flipped. Yeah. yeah. 
So what's up from that one? I told you why I like Jessica Jones season two. I mean, I think it's also because, like, I really just love Jessica. Like, she's one of my favorite Marvel characters, period. No, I said what's up from that Oh, one. you are. Not what's okay, up what's with up, that Okay, what's, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, all right. So, yeah, Jessica Jones season two. Liked it. Um, so moving up from that is Daredevil season two. Oh, that's where I have mine, too. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um... I've talked about this, I think, before, is that they kind of split up the season, which was a little bit weird, where it focused on Punisher and then Elektra, but, like, had Elektra sprinkled throughout the season. It was a little weird. I also... I just wasn't sold on Elektra, and I don't know why. It was fine. I just... I wasn't ever sold on the character. (laughs) I don't know, again, I was probably a little biased, because, like I said, I've read a lot of Daredevil, and I like Elektra a lot in the comics, so I think I was biased, I really wanted to like her. Uh, yeah, I definitely thought, like, the first half of the season was great with the Punisher stuff. Like, those first four episodes of Matt vs. Punisher was really good, and then I liked Elektra. I liked a few, I liked the first couple episodes with Elektra, I liked the backstory episode. I did like the backstories for that one, because you, it, that was more Elektra, where she, like, she knows who she is, she has so much power, and she just goes around, does whatever she wants. I feel like this is kind of the beginning of Netflix shows getting a little off the rails at the back half of the season. I feel mm-hmm. like, I mean, the acting is still really good. Like, the acting and the fighting in Daredevil is always really good. And yeah. season two was still really good. They had that really good, like, fight scene where Matt's, like, fighting his way through, like, floor after floor of a building. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to defeat... Was it, like, the... Was it, like, a biker gang or something, right? They want to kill right. the Punisher? Right. Um... And, uh, like, about Elektra, the second half of the season, it was basically her, and she's, like, killing people, and then she's like, do you still like me, Matt? Like, she needs validation for killing people, even though Matt's like, no, we don't kill people, but then he's also like, oh, you're Elektra, I love you. I did, I did kind of like their dynamic, where it's like, Matt really just can't stand having Elektra around, he just kind of has to put up with her so she'll go away. But at the same time, he loves her, and doesn't want her to go away, he just needs to live, he needs to learn how to live with himself being, like, her being a bad influence on him. I mean, Charlie Cox is too good an actor that, like, season, that Daredevil was ever going to be bad, but this was, like, the one season of Daredevil that was kind of lower than the others, in my opinion. Not to say it wasn't good. No, it was very good. But we have to rank these for this episode. (laughs) Um, Daredevil, up from Daredevil season two for me was Luke Cage season two, as I've talked about. I loved where they went with all the characters. Um, Misty definitely got a lot more screen time. Especially that one line we talked about where it's like, uh, Luke Cage says, I don't need a, a sidekick. And she goes, well, how do you know you're not my sidekick? That like was a, good perspective. Like I said, it, it got the at least you tried award for me. Mm. No, it's number four for me. Award. All right, uh, so that moves up to number three for me, which is Daredevil season one. Nice. Like I said, I was all in on Daredevil right from the start, I think. Season one, like I said, really just raised the bar for what like superhero storytelling, especially in TV, could do. I remember, like, after I watched Daredevil Season 1, I, I would go back to watching, like, the stuff on the CW or, like, um, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I was like, oh, this hold is on, not hold as, on. This is what are you not as good. This is, it was not as good as Daredevil Season 1. But it's still good. Uh, okay, confession time. It was after no, I watched Daredevil I Season 1 that this. I was like, I gave up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I could not go back. Oh, that's your loss. <laughs> no regrets. You should have all the regrets. <laughs> What would Elizabeth Henstridge think? Do you think that Daredevil was really, really good? <laughs> I'm sure she would. <laughs> um, yeah, they like, should have more crossovers. Uh, 
The shield people could be put in... Remember, for defenders, I was, I was like, wait, defenders are gonna end with them fighting in, in like, in a New York street, and the shield agents are just gonna drop and be like, you need to sign the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> That's how I predicted defenders was gonna end. It did not end like that at all, but it was fine. Well, no, it wasn't fine. The ending was, like, the worst part of Defenders, but... Oh, we'll talk about whatever, that. Whatever. Then I have Iron Fist Season 2. It's that high up? Yeah, number three. Well, I guess that makes sense, because you liked Iron Fist Season 1. Yeah, number three. Again, I loved the characters, and there was so much character development and story arcs for, from that season. It was great. I mean, like I said, like, I would have watched a Season 3 and actually been, like, kind of excited. Like, I remember going into season two, I was like, God damn it, I gotta watch Iron Fist season two. It was also a nice change, because what Marvel's been trying to do, um, not to say lately, but, like, for a while, is they've made their villains understandable, like, relatable, but Davos was just unlikable, which was actually a nice change for me, because I was like, yeah, okay, we get that he's trying to impress his mom, because his mom is not a nice person. <laughs> But, um, I still don't like the character, and that yeah, was a nice I, change. I don't think that was, like, a T, that was, like, a, per, that was, like, a on-purpose thing. I feel like there was something, uh, I feel like the character is never, like, he never worked for me. Like, I mean, I hated him, but not for, like, the reasons I was supposed to hate him. I just yeah, thought he was annoying. He was annoying. But again, it was a nice change to be like, wow, okay, I, this is actually a villain I don't like, and this is fun to watch, because I don't. Like, you don't relate to the villain. You're not like, oh, wow, that's a good point. You're like, ah, I don't yeah, like, like this it, character. It wasn't like Wilson Fisk where it's like, I don't like you, but I get you. I was just like, with Davos, I was like, I don't like you. Just get punched in the face. I know, and I liked that. Yeah. I liked having a villain where it's just a villain. All right, say that back to me? Yes. All right, so number two is actually the most recent one, and I was kind of surprised by that, but it's Daredevil Season 3. Nice. I have not finished Daredevil Season 3 yet. Um, I'm on Episode 5. Actually, I have a few comments on Daredevil Season 3. Alright, why don't you go? So, I've seen the whole thing, so I'll... If I get yeah. comments, I might spoil something. So, I, I don't have it on my list yet because I haven't finished it, but I thought that the opening scene... Okay, so first of all, I heard so much good, so many good things about Season 3 that my, expect, my expectations were really high. The opening scene was great where it shows how Matt Murdock escaped from... Like, under the building, he was under mm-hmm. a sewer tunnel or something... It was a really cool visual. The opening scene was great. Then after that, like, immediately after that, it got weird and boring. Uh, There was this weird constant over-the-shoulder angle, which I didn't like, where you just follow the character over their shoulder. Um, See, I kind of like that you were kind of, like, in... You're talking about, like, when he's recovering, like, you kind of don't know what's happening. No, just all the time. They're kind of doing, like, all the sensory overloads. You kind of feel like you're in Matt's shoes. No, that was okay. But it was just all the time... For the characters, they were filming over their shoulder, and you're just watching, like, their head and shoulder, and you're watching them walk. I did not like that. It was weird. There was also, when they went back to the kingpin in jail, there was that weird imaginary cooking scene. Um, oh, and then the last half of season of episode one was this long and boring intro scene to Nadim. I started to wonder, am I watching a different show? Did Netflix switch it on me? Because I didn't know who these characters were. I didn't care what was happening. I don't know why Nadim needed such a long introduction. Uh, and then going on from there, when Karen's assigned to go get the story from, um, that's like the yeah, yeah. heiress of Manhattan, 
She starts spilling her soul to her in the hospital about how everyone in her small town thought she, Karen killed her brother. And I'm like, why? Have we ever heard this story? Do we know that she had a brother? It was just really weird to have Karen we, just You've got hints about what happens. There's, like, hints that Karen has, like, a darker past throughout the first two seasons. And Okay. I mean, uh, I won't split, but they really go into Karen's backstory later on in this season. Okay. And, I mean, it makes sense. Like, she's trying to get this person to talk, and she's like, I don't want to talk to just another reporter. And Karen's like, I'm not another reporter. I'm going to... You know, I know what you're. I know what you're going through. No, it was weird for me because she was just absolutely just spilling her guts to this random stranger. See, I thought this is the best. I think we've seen. I've seen Karen and Foggy in this season, and as always, Charlie Cox is just like. Charlie Cox is like the greatest like actor. I think one of the greatest actors in the MCU. Honestly, like by far the best one on Netflix, and he just brings like so much like, weight to Matt's role. Like, he's really, he really shows, like, sort of all these, like, all this, like, conflicting, like, thoughts Matt goes through. And I sort of like this route where Matt is, like, I'm, what I've done before isn't working. I can't be Matt Murdock anymore. He's kind of lost, like, faith in himself. And, he's re- and then, but in uh, that episode, I liked his whole journey, how it started this season. In the episode where Matt goes to the prison, I, that was a weird hallway fight scene. That was so sick. What are you talking about? That was like 20 minutes uncut of Matt, like, and, and not even in the costume. It's like Charlie Cox himself, like, fighting people. That was so cool. No, it was really weird because they were all just weak. And then half the 20 minutes was them just, like, laying on the ground and moaning. It felt, that's what makes it feel so real. Like, he's just a normal, he doesn't have superpowers. He's just, like, he's just a boxer. Then after that, he's going in down this hallway with a red light flashing and people are popping out at him. And it was like, is this a, a zombie movie now? Joe, you are you are the first person I've I've ever met who who does not like that fight scene. Everybody else thinks that like that's like a highlight of like the entire series. No, I'm not saying it was bad, but it was so weird. It was the weirdest hallway fight. It's scene. so cool too. How it's like Wilson Fisk is like it was Wilson Fisk comes over the intercom and you're like oh crap. That he wasn't knows. that was cool, but that wasn't part of the fight scene. That was right before. That was right before. That's what starts the fight scene. Yeah. Like I would say, yeah, the fighting in this season is the best it's ever been. There, I, I can think of like at least, I don't even know how many, but there are so many fight scenes that stand out to me as like some highlights of the series. Bringing, uh, Dex in, as like a phys- as like someone who's like physically equal or maybe even superior to Matt was such a good choice because the fights between them are so good. Yeah, I haven't seen any yet. But, um... You saw the backstory episode with Dex. Yeah. Which is messed up. I just have to say that it was weird. Like, I have no other word for it. It was just a really weird fight scene. Also, yeah, the the backstory episode was done okay. Because, like I said, I'm not... I don't like when you have to pause a story and take a backstory episode. But it was done in a way that wasn't a straight flashback episode. And I just and gotta say, bringing, kind of okay. yeah, bringing back the Kingpin as, like, the full-time villain was probably the smartest decision. Because, again, he's, like, he raised the bar from, like, villains, I think. And, once again, Vincent D'Onofrio just shows why he's, like, why he is the king. No pun intended. <laughs> so, anything else about season three? There's probably a lot more I could talk about with season three, but, I mean, you haven't seen all of it, so we'll have to do that later. Okay. So, next for me, number two, is Jessica Jones season one. For obvious reasons, it's a psychological thriller, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat every episode. There's only, I think, one filler episode, but it still is really good. And that's the one where that woman hires her, and she's like, I think my husband's having an affair, but they set her up, they mention the incident. Yeah, but I'll just go out and say right now, Jessica Jones season one is my number one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the best Marvel Netflix has ever been. Like, 
after Daredevil, there was so much hype, and then, like, everything I heard coming out about Jessica Jones just got me more excited. Like, I was really excited when they cast Kristen Ritter. I was like, oh, I loved her in Breaking Bad. And then they cast David Tennant, my boy. My boy David Tennant, who I absolutely love in everything he does. And I said Kingpin raised the bar for villains, and he's one of the best, but honestly, Kilgrave is the best villain in all of Marvel, I think. Yeah, so Jessica Jones takes it for number two for me. Can we keep talking about Jessica Jones? Go ahead. It's so good. I've watched Jessica Jones all the way through at least three times, and every time I still think it's, like, just as good. Yeah. Like, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. There's, like, two... Again, there's... I think it really hits, like, the highest point is um, the two episodes where she goes to live with Kilgrave, and then they get him in the sin bin. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, oh, my God, Kilgrave is just such a scary villain. David Tennant plays him, like, so... Like, he just gets under your skin the way he, like, is obsessed with her and just his the way he uses his powers to manipulate her and everybody around him. And it's, like, legitimately, like, the way they portray it is scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I said, like, mind control, like, isn't, like, a brand new idea by a long shot. Like, the way they used it in this series, it was legitimately, like, terrifying to think of a person who could exist with these kind of powers. Yeah. Anything else about Jessica Jones? I love Kristen Ritter. <laughs> Her book is really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bonfire. Um, my number one is Defenders. Yeah. No, I didn't... Re- I, I, I lost track of where you put Defenders. I thought you had already said it. No, I just talked about Defenders when you said it, because I like it. But it's my number one strictly for the hype factor, because, like we are saying, there were so many character interactions that I never knew I wanted, but happened... And it was very exciting. There was the hype factor, but for me, it didn't match the hype factor. It kind of fell a little short. Like, I definitely, I think, it had its problems, and that's why I can't rate it higher. Because there, I think oh. there are, I think there are seasons that are much better overall than Defenders. Yeah, like I love looking Defenders. at all the, all the run of Daredevil and Jessica Jones, I can say like you are, you are just legitimately be- like better written shows. I love Defenders. <laughs> And Iron Fist. Well, if you would like to comment your favorite, comment a, I don't know, comment your favorite Netflix, Marvel Netflix shows, mm-hmm. I can't speak now. Send us your list, we'd love to see them. Yeah. Again, thank you for everyone who has followed us. Uh, keep liking, rating, and commenting. Subscribing. Posts. Yes, all of that. Subscribing's the big one. Yep, you really can find us. really appreciate that. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Marvel Therapy Group as well as on iTunes, Podbean, and... Spotify. Spotify. That's the one. (laughs) Good old Spotify. Anything else in the last remarks? No, I think you covered it all. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thank you. And we are signed... This is Jack and Joe signing off from Marvel Therapy Group. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Marvel Therapy Group, where together we can work through our comic thoughts and learn to live beside them. Views expressed are of the host only and do not reflect Marvel Studios or comics in any way. Hosts are in no way qualified to provide therapy. This is simply the name of the podcast. This has been another Marvel Therapy Group session.